Hello, and welcome to the Loft Gathering Podcast. We are excited to welcome you to our Authority Series. We will be talking about the contents of our mind, mouth, attitude, and life actions, and how these are the staples to further understand our authority in God's kingdom. Get ready to have your thinking challenged and your faith turned up. Here's Lisa. What do flowers celebrate on Mother's Day? They're moms. Chrysanthemums. I'm the worst joke teller. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it because I'm going to do it in honor of Mother's Day for fun. What did the Egyptian child say when they got lost? Where's my mommy? Yes! See? It's kind of fun. There's only a couple more. Don't worry. I'm not going to tear it out too long. They're mom jokes. I know. They're bad mom jokes. Why did the Mother's Day gift arrive a day after Mother's Day? It was chocolate. <laughs> okay, one more. Why did the baby strawberry cry? Because his mom was in a jam. <laughs> See, that's funny. I know it's enough. I just wanted the message today to be a little bit of a selah. If you don't know what that means, the Bible has that word in it a lot. And it means let's pause and think about that. Let's just take a breath. You know, we're in a series of talking about um, authority, and we're going to continue. I don't think there's any stronger or more influential authority in our lives than our mom, for good or bad. How many of you have a mom? Yeah, that should be everyone. You have a mom or you've had a mom, and, you know, that's how you got here. That's your whole condition, and there's something about being a mom. I, I love being a mom. It's the best thing I've ever done in my life besides giving my heart and life to Jesus. Being a mom has just been one of the most wonderful things in the world. And I think today if we could just take a pause, looking and giving a nod to the authority of a mother in our lives, but also, and I never do this. If you're new here, I never pause on a series. I just keep tracking right through it. But I felt like we could take a breath this morning and let's reflect and think about our moms and the authority of motherhood and the, the power of the presence of a mother in our lives. So the message today is about celebrating your mom. And if you're sitting there and you go, well, I can't do that, Lisa, you know, I mean, it's a broken situation and my mom's, my mom's gone or my mom was abusive or my mom is estranged or whatever that is. I believe in healing for every relationship, for everything in our heart, because I think we think of God as God the Father and he is our father. But every motherly attribute that exists that's, that's nurturing and leading and powerful also comes from God. Did you get it, babe? You're trying to be discreet, and I called you out. Look at that. So, okay, authority and love. It's like mothers are known for being nurturers and being loving and all those things, and we appreciate mothers for that. But I think love is intertwined in authority and, and the power of authority over our lives. We, You know, when we're little, our mom is everything. I'm watching my, my daughters and my niece. They're moms now, and they're young moms, and their children Look at them and watch every move they make. If their mom or, mom or dad are in the room, they're just like their eyes follow every move. And, and when they're speaking, it's like they're, they're in such awe and wonder with their little faces that, that you're speaking words out loud. And you're probably, you could even be saying, boo, or you're so pretty, or whatever you're saying. The spirit of God be alive in you, or whatever you're saying. And they are in awe and wonder. And when we're little, we think that about our parents. We look at our moms and we think, how do you know all those things? And how can you do all those things? And, you know, moms are the ones that, that lift us up when we're infants and they 
teach us how to stand up, and they let us walk on their toes and, and steady themselves as we learn how to stand upright. And all through those little toddler years, they teach us everything, what every color is that is known to them and that you could see, they teach it to you. Everything that is named, a table, a lamp, a chair, they speak it to you over and over with repetition until you know what everything is. And they play a little game. What's that? What's that? What's that? And I'm likening that to the kingdom of God. When we first come to know God, it's like in our infancy, it's like everything he says is like a wonder. Everything God brings to life is everything is open to us. And it's like this miraculous truth that we've never seen. We've never heard of it before. And then we become toddlers and we learn how to walk. And we can even, little toddlers, man, when they're around two, two, three, I mean, they learn their own will. Hey, I can walk now. I don't need you, which is hilarious because they'll pull away and they'll do it like, I got it. And we think it's cute and funny because they're learning their independence. And it is cute and funny until that, that little seed of rebellion lands on them somewhere around middle school, somewhere around adolescence. And I just determined when my kids went through that time, I was going to call that, uh, I'm not going to call it rebellion, I'm going to call that, you're, you're discovering who you are and who you're going to be, and I'm going to let you as long as you respect me. If you disrespect me, I'll take you out the same way that I brought you in. But I let them have a lot of room to be able to discover who they were going to be and what path they were going to take. And there were times in my life that that was crushingly heartbreaking, you know. Because as a mom, it's like you, you give everything. Moms do all that work. You've got the endless piles of laundry. And I mean, it's a different day today. I mean, I watched my son-in-law's help with laundry and, you know, house cleaning and stuff like that. That wasn't my experience in my existence. I, it was my husband went to work, and we made a choice for me to stay home and raise the kids. And so, I mean, I had to do all that kind of stuff. And I felt there were times in my life as a mom that I felt absolutely alone and absolutely invisible. And I had these thoughts that were like, can anyone even see what I'm doing? You know, and I, and I would have friends that maybe didn't have kids yet, and they would, they would beckon me, come on, let's go out to dinner. And, and I would just look at myself and my frazzled hair and my messy clothes and my, the debris of my child all over me. And I'm thinking, I could get a shower. I could, I could remember if I was a beautiful woman. I could possibly get myself together and go out. Or I could sleep, and I would sleep. Because there's just something that you have to do. And <laughs> the new parents said, amen. But it's like, yeah, there's something about it. You just feel like it's, it's a pointless life. It's mundane. It's futile. And I'm telling you this on Mother's Day because every single one of us has, has had a mother. And we have people in our lives that are mother figures. And I want you to see them today and look at them and celebrate them and thank them for the tireless, selfless, constant, unconditional love that they pour. And they pour it hard and they pour it good. Right? Okay. So I'm going to tell you a couple stories about my kids, and I'm, I know they're like, oh, man, and I hate that kind of day when mom's going to speak about us. But I have to a little bit because, you know, it, it puts a, a little ring of the reality of the situation. But before I do that, I want to talk about just like the heart of a mother and how it's fierce and how, you know, when something comes up that we see our children go through something that's hard or they suffer, man. That's a, it's a weight that, that a mom carries. And you know why she knows it? Because that baby was inside of her body. That life was in her life. That life was up in her business. She felt it move. And there's something that happens to us when our kids go through a hard time. We can feel it ourselves. It's like a physical pain, right? You feel it. Like you, don't, you might not even know or be aware of what's happening, but you have a sense that something is happening. And you have to go, and you have to 
You have to do whatever you can do to have your presence known. And there's something about a kind word from your mom that if it's spoken at the right time, boy, it can just give you confidence and courage to go on. It can inspire you to to walk in your calling and discover who you're supposed to be and who you are. On the other side of that coin, if a mom holds back a word at a time that you needed it the most, you could fall and you can you can fail. I'm not putting it all on moms. I'm just I'm speaking from my own heart as a mom and now watching my children have children and raise children of their own. It's a powerful legacy. And I want to speak about it. So there's a couple moms in the Bible. We're not going to have a long, long service today. I want you to have time to spend with your families and, and to go and practice the message that we're talking about today, celebrating your mom, celebrating life. And there's this, there's this clip from this movie called The Passion of the Christ. And you know how we are with videos around here. I mean, I'm praying this is going to be a good one today. But as you're watching it, let me set it up for us a little bit. And I want you to think about how it depicts the heart of a mother and the way that a mom feels about her kids, and especially if they're going through something hard. Now, this is about Mary from the Bible. Of course, you've got to talk about the Mother Mary on, you know, Mother's Day. I mean, it's we're not Catholic. We're interdenominational church. We're Christians. We, we're a spirit-filled church. But in this case, like Mary, she has this calling to be the mother of the Savior, Now, she still has all the things, moms. She still has all the things you have. Is is he getting enough food? You know, did he get enough sleep? Did he get hurt when he fell there? How how can I help him? Is he learning? Is he respectful? I still have to teach him everything about ethics and morals. I still have to teach him how to walk. Can you imagine you're married and you have to teach the Savior how to walk? She had all those things with with the complex pressure of he's the Savior. Think about when he was 12 and and she lost him. I lost track of the Savior. You know, think about Mary. That's a lot of weight. That's a lot of pressure to carry. And there's a time where when, when Jesus, the, you know, he's born in this manger, and they had this call to go to Bethlehem and be counted. And remember there were stars. There was a star up in the heavens. And wise men, kings, they were astronomers. And they, they saw this star in the heavens, and they came to Bethlehem where Jesus was going to be born. And they brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. They brought the most expensive of perfumes, oils, and gold for Jesus. And they sat. Now, the Bible doesn't tell everything they sat and talked about, but it does say after their visit that Mary sat and pondered these things in her heart and thought about everything she was listening to. Listening to the kings talk about the star that they saw and listening to the shepherds who came in from the fields with a like story. Hey, these angels visited us and told us to come see the Savior. And Mary sat there and pondered that in her heart. And I'm speaking to moms. You know, moms, maybe we believe in our kids again. Maybe we trust that God has a purpose for everything that they've been through. And whatever it looks like, his hand is on them. And maybe we ponder in our heart what God might be trying to do. Real quick story. I remember one time Stacy was about 13 or 14 years old, and she wanted to go on a missions trip in another country. And I was like, but babe, you can't even do your homework in this country. She was like, Mom, I really want to go. I said, I don't, I don't see it. I can't see you that far away from me and out of my sight. I was a real control, control freak of sorts. And I, I'd been through a lot, and I didn't want my children to ever suffer at the hands of any other people. And so what she did is she went around me and around Scott and to God. And she got a map of, you know, of the world. And she drew a circle with red marker around St. Louis and drew it all the way over the ocean to London, England. And I heard her in there praying one day, and my heart was captured, and I thought, you know, God was speaking to me. You didn't even ask me if I wanted her to go. 
Maybe we ponder in our hearts what God might want for our children. And maybe we trust him a little bit, that if he's the author and finisher, if he's setting us on a path that maybe he's in charge of where we're going and what we're encountering and what we're seeing and who's in our lives, right? Maybe we believe that God has a way. Mary is great at pondering and believing. And you've got to wonder if she didn't have the, not credentials, but maybe just the qualities of character that, that the Father God would look at and say, Jesus is going to need someone that has a determination about them. Jesus is going to need someone that can can find his way through, find her way through obstacles because he's going to face some. And he's going to need a strong mom to help him see clearly what's ahead. And so this particular clip that we're going to watch right now, and this is like, this is my favorite part of the whole message today, I'll just tell you. Because one, it depicts the heart of a mom and the love of a mom. And she's, it's kind of graphic, so if you're, if you don't want to see anything too graphic, you might want to step out and just maybe listen. But there's a part where um, Jesus is coming down the Via Dolorosa. He's carrying his cross, and he falls, and she sees him, and she's paralyzed. I mean, she can't move because it's crushing her soul, what her child is going through. You know, I remember another time I, I was, this is nothing like what you're getting ready to observe, but I remember a time when, you know, our daughter, Christy, stayed in Colorado to stay in college, and we came home to Missouri. Now, it wasn't, that's not too um, out of the normal, for, some, for a child to grow up and go to college, that's great. But there was a distance of soul. And so I would drive home from that trip every time that I saw her, and I would just cry and cry and cry. And my husband would be inconsolable. I was inconsolable, and my husband didn't know what to do. Are you going to be all right? You know, she's in college. And I go, I know it's not about the distance. It's about the distance. And my heart would just be crushed that she had to go through something that I couldn't help. And she was becoming her own woman, and her own, her own heart with God was being opened. And I couldn't do anything about it. But sometimes we can do something about it. I'm going to tell you that story after we watch the clip. But just prepare your heart and open your heart. And this is how you get the gospel into a Mother's Day message as well. And let's watch this video and, and drink it in. You guys, I promise you, I watched it like seven times so I could not cry in the moment. But what a powerful moment, you know. I mean, God isn't asking any of us to go to the cross but he does have destiny on our, our lives, every single one of us, and also on our children. And there's just something about the power of your presence that can encourage and build and lift if you're a parent. If you're not a parent, you will be one day, hopefully. You know, when Jesse was about 17, she went to a college party as Jesse would at 17. She's not here, so I'm going to tell the whole thing. And so we were at home. She had a curfew. She had to be home. I can't remember. It was a generous curfew, 12 or 1 o'clock. I mean, it was pretty good, pretty late curfew. And we trusted her. And she went to a, this party with a friend. And, and, I, and I'm texting her, but, you know, thank God for the cell phones, man. You can, now I could have just traced her, you know, and figured out where she was. But that day I couldn't, I, I could call though, she wasn't answering, and so short version is, I start getting these really weird texts, and they're saying things like, hey mom, I'm going to sleep over at Megan's, okay? And I'm like, no way, where are you? You know, I've, I've got that discerning feeling. My kids know what a discerning feeling is. It's that feeling in the pit of the inside of you that says something isn't quite right, and I need to adjust it, and I need to follow whatever God's saying to, to make sure that, that my family is okay. 
And when I said, I've got that discerning feeling, the text came back and said, that what feeling? And I said, who is this? And I went on a mission to find my kid. And so I knew that wasn't my kid. And then I'm, now I'm a mama bear, and I'm unleashed, and I'm awake, you know, and I'm ready to figure out where, where she is. And so short story is she went to this party, and she was drinking all this delicious red punch all night long. And all of a sudden, she was blackout drunk. And her friend took the phone so she could cover for her. And, man, this mama got lit on fire. So what I did is I woke my husband up because for some reason he could sleep through that tragedy and discerning feeling. I don't know. So I wake him up. He's like, okay, where is she? We go, and I, I call Megan's house. That's the girl's house that she was at. Well, she's at home. She didn't drink quite as much. And uh, we went and broke that kid out of her house, made her take us back to that party in the middle of the night, and got our kid. Drove our truck up onto their lawn, tried to kick in the door. I mean, it's not easy. The movies make it look so easy. Is it not easy? I'm like, we're going to drive this truck. This. Are Megan going to get these people on the phone? They, they think we're the police, and we're coming to, to raid. And anyway, long story short, here she comes, you know, in all of her glory red hair and just clothes and what a mess and she's she's a beautiful wonderful person today that was one of her things in in her childhood that we can tell because we're the parents and what would we do what were we ready to do to get her out of that situation did she did she mess up she sure did you know there's something about the unconditional love of a mom that's going to do whatever it has to do to make sure that you're safe and that you can be found back in a safe presence and in your home. There's, there's nothing like it. I mean, I could feel that she had something going on in me. And I believe that God can feel those same things when we hurt and when we have an ache and we can't, we can't settle on, who, on what we're supposed to be doing and who God has made us to be. And that's a good thing. That means we're connected to him somehow and our hearts haven't calloused completely. And we're still connected to the Lord God. So Mary... There's a, there's a place that says that she has um, been blessed because she believes that the fulfillment of what God has called her to will come to pass. Has God ever spoken something to you and to your life that you're still waiting for it and believing for it to come to pass? There's a blessing on your life if you can get a hold of it. I'm telling you. Mary pondered all the stuff in her heart. So we're going to learn from her believing and pondering. The next mom I want to look at is Hagar. And man, what a different mom to jump to. You know, what a completely different set of circumstances. If you don't know this story, I'll, I'll give you the thumbnail sketch. This is an Old Testament mom. And she is the servant, really the slave, of Abram and Sarai. And Abram and Sarai have been promised by God that they're going to be the mother and father of generations. And they're old, and they still don't have a baby. And because the baby's taking a long time to come, Sarai gets this great idea. I'm going to give my young servant to my husband, and she can be the one that delivers the baby. How many think that was a good idea? Yeah, me either. But that's what happened, and that's the way that the Bible story reads. And I bring this story up because, you know, Hagar has her baby, and his name is Ishmael. And Sarah would go on to get pregnant as well about seven years later, and her son's name is Isaac. Isaac is a child of promise, and Ishmael is the other son. Isaac is going to be the father of all the generations to come in Israel. And Ishmael is going to be the father of all of the Middle Eastern nations that are still in havoc. There's never rest in the Middle East, if you look. And Ishmael would have been the father of all of that to come. But what happened was Hagar and Ishmael saw young Isaac fall, and they made a little snicker. Man, we got to be careful how we act. 
and look at the room and see what room we're in and what kind of offense will we cause because that cost quite a lot for Hagar and Ishmael. And the severity of the way that Sarai began to treat her was so brutal that she ran away and she went to live in the in the desert. Do you, do you ever feel like just running away? It's just too hard. I don't like you. I can't handle this. The pressure's too much. I give everything. You give nothing. How far can I go? How hard is this? Lord, will you ever make a change in my life? Will you ever do something to get me free from this kind of thing? And she ran away. She ran. And there's this part where she names God in this particular scene. She calls him Elroy, the God who sees me. And I wanted to liken that to all of us moms that give unconditionally and all the things that we do and all the places that we go and all the, the links that we'll go to for our family and for our kids, God can see you and he sees it and he sees your heart and he hears all those, all those cries that you make in prayer and he sees the tears that you've cried for your kids and he's for you. He can see it. I remember that just all those days in my own life you know, and I remember how excruciating it was when I felt invisible. And I remember just the heart of God to come and remind me that what I do and what my life has amounted to, it might not matter to everyone, but it matters to three girls that came out of my body into this world. And everything that we do as moms and parents too, Father's Day's coming, don't worry. But Mother's Day, all the children, it matters to them the way that we've conducted ourselves and the way that we love and the way that we care for them. And they can see it and God can see it. And just as I started this whole story with the little babies looking at their moms in awe and wonder and watching every single move that you make, through your whole life, your kids watch every single move that you make. Our kids have watched us struggle through hard places in our marriage, in our in our ministry, in our calling, and to, just to hang on to what we believe God has said to us. And they've stayed with us and stayed alongside and it hasn't been easy. You know, there was, there was a time when Stacy was far away in a broken place of a relationship. And she, she was so scarred and hurt by the church and the people in it. She went all the way to Australia to get away. I didn't even sit my eyes on her for a year. And as a mom, I could, I could feel her. I could see her. I could talk to her on the phone. We would make time to do it. And I knew the pain she was in, and I knew how excruciating it was. And it wasn't the distance again. It was the distance of heart. And there comes a place as a, as a mom, as a parent, where we have to turn everything over to God and to trust God with our kids. There's one more mom. Her name's Hannah. And Hannah is a woman in the Bible that, man, she, she wants a baby like nothing else. And in those times, it was crucial. I mean, you really, your identity was in the fact of whether or not you could have a child. You know, you didn't want to be a barren woman. And she would, she would pray day and night. And they would find her in, in the temple just praying so hardcore, so much so, the priest thought she was intoxicated, the way that she would just go on and on, moving her lips and praying to God and begging him for a baby. If you let me have a baby, if you just let me have a baby, I'll give this baby to you. And I'll, I'll let this baby serve you for all of their days. Just let me have a baby. And she had a baby. And it would be Samuel, who's going to identify David as the king. Isn't that an awesome thought? I think sometimes we've got to be careful, little heart, what we are longing for and wishing for, because there's a day where Hannah has to actually let Samuel go. Do you know how hard that was for her to let her baby go and grow up in church and be under the servants of the, 
the priest of God, but she did it and she kept her word. I think for us today, what do we, what do we do as a controlling culture to let our kids find what God is calling them to? And how can we pray for them and ask God to lead them into the places that he has for them? And the last thought I, I want to put out here for us this morning is about this thing called the mother wound. Have you ever heard of it? The mother wound. If you look it up, you're going to find all kinds of psychological descriptions and definitions. And I'm not an expert on this, but I know what it is. And in short, if, just, if I just give you a brief definition of what it is, it's when your mom goes through such excruciating emotional difficulties in her own life that she wasn't able to reconcile them ever in her entire life. And then, and then what happened to you is that you inherited it somehow. Now, your mom wouldn't want that. None of us as moms want that to happen. But it happens sometimes. So, so then what happens to you is you, you, you could have a couple of different you know, responses to it. Most of the time this happens to daughters. Occasionally it happens to sons too, but it's called the mother wound and it's worth talking about for a second. So the daughter can take this offense toward her mother. This is what I did in my life. I'm never going to be like that. I won't do that. But I'm still carrying the mother wound. I'm still carrying all the things that she carried, but I don't know. And so I'm, this is the way that I try to fight back. And it, man, would that hurt your mom? Sure would. You know, my mom and I have been to hell and back. And she's not here this morning because she's not feeling well. But, but she knows this, and we've talked about this at length, and she knows I'm talking about it today. And so then the other, the other thing we do is we take it on. We take it on in a victim way. Oh, yeah, I see what you went through there, Mom, and I'm going to take that on too when we get up close to it. When the plan of God is that the mother wound would find healing in his name. There's no power like the name of Jesus. And there's no wound that goes too deep that Jesus can't come and heal it. I'm not trying to put a Band-Aid on something that's severe, that's gushing. With Some of us are still gushing from those wounds. And I understand that. And I feel it. And I remember a time when that was me. But day by day, and little by little, and inch by inch, and bit by bit, the Spirit of God, word by word, fills you from glory to glory to glory with his goodness and with healing until he redefines the very way that you think. And then when you get to a certain point in your life, which I've been at this point in my life, and I get there from time to time where I have to go to my kids and say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, you know. And I can remember, I can remember the big mistakes I made in parenting. They stand out, you know. They stand out just like a sore thumb. And I've had times where I've had to go to my kids and say, man, I didn't mean that. You know, I was car I'm carrying this wound, and the more that I find out about it, the more it makes sense. I don't want to transfer that to your life. Let's look at it. The, the, the downside of this glorious report is that almost everyone inherits something from their parents. You're either too, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not strong enough, you live in the shadow of whatever it is, and every generation blames the one before. Until our eyes of understanding become open, and then we have this this kind of conversation like we're having on a Selah moment to pause and consider the authority and the love of a mom to celebrate her and to celebrate her life. And we let God open up our heart that we don't have to live in a dark place with a mother wound, but we end up in a place of celebrating motherhood 
all the attributes of the Holy Spirit. What are they? What are the fruits of the Spirit? Kindness, goodness, peace, long-suffering, tenderness, self-control. Thank you I mean, for joining us today. Feminine. Remember the to like and follow for the next installment of the Loft Podcast. If you want to be a partner with the Loft, you can give on giveify.com. If you need more information, check us out on Facebook or at theloftgathering.com. And of course, join us 1030 Sunday morning. Hope you have a great week. Until next time. I never will. I adopt you as my own. I encourage us today, as moms, as those of us who have moms, call your mom on the phone. Give your mom a call. Just tell her you love her. Thank her for giving you life. If you can't do that because of hurt or wound or absence, maybe write a note. Thank you, mom. This is what you gave me, and this is what you spoke to my life. And put it into, into writing and tuck it in a book somewhere. You find it later. Tuck it in a drawer. And we'll come up again and read it at just the right time. And I wanted to read this scripture here from Proverbs 31, which we never read. I mean, I always try as a lady pastor not to make it too much estrogen for the men so that they'll continue to come back. But I have to today because it's Mother's Day. And I'm going to read this to us. Would you stand with me? We'll conclude with this scripture. And I'm just going to read this out loud. These are the sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance that his mother taught him. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Do not spend strength on women. Do not use your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine. It is not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Listen to all the wisdom that she's speaking out loud. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all those who are destitute. Speak and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. I got to tell you, when I read that one, it set me on a path to be a defender of, of victims of sex trafficking, and I've never looked back. The wife of noble character. Who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works eagerly with her hands. She's like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night and provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. And I can tell you she can do all this because she has servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. She doesn't sleep. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. She gives food out on the parking lot when people are hungry. When it snows, she doesn't have fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed, and she's clothed in fine linen and purple. She looks good while she's doing it. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, supplies the merchants with sashes. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and doesn't eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise and call her blessed. Her husband also, when he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you, take this into your heart. Many women do noble things, but you, 
surpass them all, moms. Charm is deceptive and beauty fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor for her and all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Mm-mm-mm. One last thought before you go. It's really important that we care for our moms. Give them a call today. You know, Jesus, the last thing that he did right before he gave up his spirit from his earthly body, he said, hey, John, look, this is your mother now. And mom, that's your son now. And from that day, Mary went to live with John. Let's take care of our moms and bless them. I know know moms that have gone through horrible abusive situations. I mean, physical, graphic sexual abuse. And at the end of their lives, take care of those who harmed them the most. I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I haven't come that far in my walk with God. But I admire the people who have, and I trust the healing of God for your lives today. If you want to talk with me about this mother wound thing, I'm going to be here. Otherwise, I pray you have a delicious dinner, and I pray that it's full of things that women like to eat. And I pray that it's full of flowers and love and all those girly things. And I love you a lot, and I'll I'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Remember to like and follow for the next installment of The Loft Podcast. If you want to be a partner with The Loft, you can give on Givelify.com. If you need more information, check us out on Facebook or at theloftgathering.com. And of course, join us 1030 Sunday mornings. Hope you have a great week. Until next time.